T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Wayne Pesch, president of the Connecticut Food Association. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Aaron. Thanks. Thank you for having me on the program. The Food Association represents almost 300 grocery stores across Connecticut, and if you haven't been grocery shopping since Thursday, you may notice some differences at the checkout line. Tell us what happened Thursday. So on Thursday, the state enacted a new law that bans plastic bags, uh, actually puts a fee on plastic bags of $0.10, Uh, for the next two years and eliminates uh, the plastic bags after uh, two years. How does the industry feel about this? Well, it's first of all, I I represent the grocery community, um, the the retail community at large. Um, There's there's a lot of other players. I I like to say to folks that this is not a grocery single-use plastic bag ban. This is a very... uh, uh, wide and the the, uh, the depth of the law so so um you know this is not just grocery stores that'll be affected it's it's convenience stores it's club stores uh drug stores uh booksellers restaurants uh so um you know we're here speaking on behalf of grocery retailers here today however this law is going to impact uh, almost all retailers in the state of Connecticut from what you've noticed from from customers and the consumer wants and demands, this tide has been turning for a while, hasn't it? So, so there's a couple of things there. We we have seen a, a, a large number of our uh, customers that are coming into the stores are are currently bringing their own bags, especially over the last couple of years, because there's been a lot of focus on this issue. Uh, so, we there are uh, folks who come into our stores that are asking us what we're doing about this. There are also uh, some some real grassroots. Um, local efforts by um, activist groups that have been pushing this issue at the state capitol for about four or five years, as well as the recycling community and the municipality. So um, when we started down this road four or five years ago, we were kind of in it um, by ourselves. And what we got to in the end was a really a coalition of uh, groups that worked together to get legislation that uh, we felt was sound policy, uh, but also took into account the needs of uh, those those stakeholders that we had been working with. So the way the law works is that if you want a plastic bag at checkout, you will pay a $0.10 cent per bag fee for single-use plastic, and that fee goes to the state for now. And then come July 2021, there's a complete ban, Correct. Correct, and that does not include produce bags or bags that you use to wrap and cover your meat. And it seems that some grocers have taken a, a step further and said, we're, we're banning plastic right now. We're not waiting until 2021. 
Well, uh, some, but I, I can tell you the the one thing, Big Y was already there. So Big Y had announced maybe five months ago that by 2021 that they were going to eliminate all plastic bags in their stores. Um, when this law took effect, they just moved that, that timeline up. Um, so the, the grocery retailers, uh, many of them have made a decision to eliminate plastic prior to the two-year phase-out. Tell us, how many bags do you estimate will be taken out of circulation because of this? Oh, close to $500 million a year. We, we guesstimate uh, that there are about a $700 million uh, single-use plastic bags that are uh, produced and distributed a year in Connecticut. So if you were to take, um, you know, a two or three year periods, you're talking about billions of bags over a period of time. So we figure about 500 million in the first year or an 80% reduction based on the fact that there is a fee on the bags. What is the ultimate objective here? Is it to get people to switch to paper or get people to switch to reusable bags? Oh, this is, well, so this was all about getting folks to switch to reusable bags. It, it, you, you go backwards if you shift from plastic to paper. So that was that was never the the intention of any of the work that we were doing with the recyclers or the environmental groups. Our intention, I'll, I'll speak specifically for, for the Connecticut Food Association, uh, we, we were seeing a groundswell locally of local activists that were working to implement local bans or ordinances in their towns. There's 22 currently uh, communities in the state of Connecticut that either uh, have implemented a bag ban or are in the process of legislating. That doesn't work for us because this patchwork uh, uh, of ordinances in 169 communities makes it very difficult for us to comply. Um, so that was the first thing that we saw, and that was really that kind of got us off our perch and said we need to to kind of engage in this issue based on the fact that this confusion around every single town doing something maybe that's a little bit different and figuring out how to comply with that uh, was a big issue for us. The other issue really was around source reduction. Um, you know, these bags are prolific, and if people knew the numbers, they'd be staggered by them. Uh, when I dug in and, and, and looked into the numbers and realized that, that you know, um, it's somewhere around 700 million bags that are basically only 5% of those 700 million are recycled properly. Most folks, most consumers think that that bag either goes in the garbage where it turns out and, and, it's, and it's incinerated here in the state of Connecticut, or they put it in their blue or yellow bin and it goes back to the recycling facility. And what happens in the recycling facility is, is that bag heats up, it gums up the works, and every four to five hours they stop the line because they have to remove uh, the gum that's created by these plastic bags. So uh, the recyclers were... You know, very much in favor of trying to help find a solution to eliminate source reduction. Um, so, again, uh, th that was one of the things that we really wanted to get done. And we really wanted to work with other groups that, uh, even though they're, they're, uh, the main goal was the same, their objectives were a bit different. Uh, take the environmental groups, for example, BYO Bag, Connecticut, and uh, the folks there who we've worked with very closely on this bill and uh, Concerned Citizens for the Environment and Surfrider. Um, they're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week 
to eliminate these bags. They want the plastics gone. That's their, you know, that's 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 their call to action. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we were in, in step with them because our we wanted the same thing in the end, but our rationale behind that was not always the same. And the recyclers, the recyclers wanted the bags gone because of what they were doing to the infrastructure of you know their day-to-day operations. So eventually it took us a couple of years to all come together and get together and work together at the legislature. And I really want to um, throw a shout out to um, some people specifically in the legislature, the, the Speaker of the House, uh, Speaker Arsinowitz, uh, the chairs of the Environment Committee, um, Senator Minor, Senator Cohen, and Representative D'Amico, and the governor's office. Uh, this bill had been floating around for a long time and could and 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 wasn't and didn't happen. So uh, I give this group a lot of credit for uh, going out there and getting out in front of it and, and passing uh, passing a bill. So I, I I give them credit for that. The law passed this year. It took effect August 1st. Were there any challenges related to the, the turnaround time here? Well, I, I didn't say the law was perfect, right? Um, yeah, there were. So, so, for example, most of our members, and I probably speak for the retail community in general here, carry a 90-day supply. So what if we need more reusable bags because we know there's now a dime and we're going to need more reusable bags? We can't get them in time. We had 60 days from when the law was passed to when it was implemented to figure this out. We're training associates at the front end. That that Just the whole communication protocol of this, what do our people who are frontline uh, cashiers and, and, and uh, front-end managers say to consumers about the law? How do we educate them? So there's that piece that we could have used a little bit more time. We had to we had to make sure that we had our policy because not every retailer is going to do the exact same thing. And once we figured that out, because that's the big question mark, okay, so now what am I going to do? And then how do I tell my employees how to talk to consumers about it? How do I get signs up in my stores so that people know about this before it happens and they're not surprised when it, they come into my store? We would have liked a little bit more time uh, that didn't happen, and and again, we'll we'll figure that out and get on with it. What is your message to consumers as you know in the first week of this law? Um, I think there will be a vocal minority of consumers uh, who are unhappy, and they'll be extremely vocal uh, through whatever means that is: social media, call-in shows, you name it. Uh, I think that. Uh, many people will be surprised when they walk into stores and, and they'll be walking around with carrying stuff in their arms or, um, you know, things of that nature. They, they weren't aware of it. I, I think there's going to be a lot of that. Um, I think that um, a lot of people will eventually uh, come to grips with this. I liken this law to the seatbelt law, right? Ten years ago, when it wasn't against the law not to wear your seatbelt, most folks drove around without their seatbelt on and didn't give it, you know, any thought. And then you started ticketing people for that, right? And then all of a sudden, what ended up happening is, is you can't get in your car right now without putting your seatbelts on. Your kids will tell you to put your seatbelts on. Um, the the numbers prove that it's safer to drive with your seatbelt on. I like to say that people used to smoke on airplanes and 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 smoke in restaurants. Um, the numbers have bared this out that, you know, more people quit smoking because they're not allowed to smoke on an airplane or smoke in a restaurant. This is similar in this regard. We will get 
billions of bags out of the environment. This will make our state a better place to live. This will make our state a better place to raise our families because we'll have done something on a very large scale, 3.5 million people. Like I, I will say this, I'm very proud of this in the sense that um, we may have the most restrictive law in the country. California is a big state. They have a law, but they didn't ban plastics. Connecticut did. Uh, and some people will tell you that's too far. And I will, again, go back to my original comment around this will be the new normal two or three years from now. And we will see real change uh, as it relates to the proliferation of these disposable bags. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Wayne Pash, president of the Connecticut Food Association, which represents nearly 300 grocery stores in Connecticut. One thing I was wondering about is the 10 cent fee is in effect now. Ban set to take effect July 2021. Any chance that maybe the state gets addicted to that revenue and pushes the the ban down the road a little? You know, I I I think I think this is part of a larger conversation around taxation in the state of Connecticut. I don't see that happening only because I think that uh, people don't want to be nickel and dimed. And the fact that um, Senator Cohen and Senator Minor and, and the Environment Committee, when this bill came out, put a two-year sunset on the fee, uh, led me to believe that they understood that as well. I think, I think you know, this, this leads to larger issues here in the state of Connecticut around taxing our, our citizens. This is not a tax if you bring your own bag. This is where people will get to. So I don't see this as something that, uh, again, I, 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 I believe that they put the sunset in for a reason. I think that they were looking for some short-term help with the budget, but this is not a, a, a longer-term play in figuring out how to get in people's pockets. And, and if it were, and if that's what it turns into, I can promise you I will be on the front of that fight. Taking stock of the legislative session, another top priority of environmentalists was expansion of Connecticut's bottle bill. That did not happen this year. Where do Connecticut grocery stores fall in there? Well, again, you're talking about a law that was created in 1979 and passed in 1980. It's a 20th century model that we exist in here, uh, here in the state of Connecticut with the bottle bill. Uh, I think that um, I think that there are entrenched entities that would like to make it go away. I, I don't see that happening. I think that there are uh, entrenched entities that don't want to move off their position. I have been a very big proponent, as has the Food Association and grocery members, that we need to study this in um, a formal setting and get best practices from around the country and other states and figure out a way so that we can modernize the current bill. And, and I think um, I was a little disappointed that um, not that they didn't expand because I think if they had expanded this year, it would have been a mistake because they wouldn't have fixed the whole thing. I, I think you need to get underneath the hood and get the stakeholders in place and have everybody give a little bit. 
And that means that means distributors, manufacturers, grocery stores, government. Some of this money goes into the general fund. Um, that's you know hamstringing this system a little bit. So um, th- there are some things that can be done, but some people are going to have to move off of their current positions to get that done and work together. Uh, look, it took us five years to get with the environmentalists and the recyclers to get the plastic bag law done. Did we get everything we we wanted? I don't think we did. Uh, did we get an end result that's better for the state and better for, for the residents of the state? I believe we did. Uh, bottle, ball, bottle Bill falls into that exact same category. It's people working together, coming off of their positions, having a common goal um, that's better for the residents of the state versus what's best for us. So. Um, there are some real warts uh, on that frog, uh, but I, I, again, I think as we work together and 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 try to convince people this is the right reason to do it, it makes our our, our state a better place to live. Uh, we're doing things that are better for the environment here than we are almost in any other state. Um, I think that's something we should be proud of. Talk about the food association's work when it comes to food waste. So. Um, we have been very supportive of a couple of entities. There's a company called Quantum Biopower based out of Southington, Connecticut, um, that is a private collector of food waste. So they take back, I'm guessing, 40, 50 tons a year of food waste, and they turn that into methane gas. That's right here in Connecticut. And that powers, I believe, the police station, the library, and a local school. And that's food waste going back that was going to be incinerated. Stop and Shop, our largest member, takes back all of their food waste from all of their stores. So they, so so when you when when a truck pulls up with a delivery to a Stop and Shop, and that delivery of groceries is taking off, the store puts all of their garbage, all of their organic waste, back onto that truck. All of the bakeries and flour, stuff from the flowers, you name it, that happens in that store all goes back to a place in uh, Massachusetts, and they take back 365,000 tons of food waste a year, and they power their entire building with that food waste. It's amazing. It's it's 21st century model of what to do with food waste, but we're we're asking you know folks to maybe do something a little bit differently than they do it and change their behavior a little bit. Back to plastic bags, that's very difficult to do when you ask folks to do that, but it's a step change. You think about 365,000 tons of organic waste that's not in incinerators, not in landfills, it's not in water tables. That's pretty amazing. Um, and and so we've got it. We've got one of our our largest member doing it. We've got a private business who's a member of ours. We've also supported a company called Blue Earth Compost, who's a member of ours. And these are a couple of young guys that started their business, and they've, they're, they're entrepreneurs. They see an opportunity to, to collect only organic waste. They did a pilot in West Hartford that was fairly successful. I think the law needs to catch up with some of where the market's going on this. Um, but I think that's the future. I think food waste and and the collection and 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 redistribution and what we do with it because there's a hierarchy on food waste. The first thing we do is eighty um, percent uh, of what Connecticut Food Bank and Food Share gets comes from grocery stores. And that wouldn't change if you were disposing of, of food waste. This is stuff that they don't want. Not at all. 
Not at all. So, so that's the first place this goes, right? We support the efforts of the state's food banks and, and, and pantries around the state. They do not exist without grocery retailers. So that's first place that it goes. The second place that it would go would be to, you know, animal feeding, composting, and things like that. We would like to take that part of that and figure out a way how to turn that into energy. And that's the future. One other topic that grocery stores in Connecticut have been pushing for for a while is the ability to sell wine and hard cider in their outlets, correct? An issue near and dear to my heart. So 45 states around the continental U.S., you can go into your grocery store and buy wine and and pair that with cheese and flowers or whatever it is that you're in there to purchase. Um, We've done... um, We've done polling on this issue with Connecticut residents. Over 72% of Connecticut residents would like to be able to go into a grocery store and buy wine. Uh, we've done an economic impact study that says this is worth anywhere between 12 and $15 million in revenue, not to mention the cost of you know the increased licenses that the state might get as well, um, which is almost an annuity. So this is incremental growth to the current sale. Um, so we... we believe that the current law, uh, uh, specifically around wine, is antiquated uh, and that there is an opportunity to expand licenses to grocery stores and let us, uh, um, you know, compete in that, uh, that arena. But uh, that's been a difficult uphill battle. Uh, but we're going to continue to slow play that because I think, I honestly believe time is on our side. And eventually it will turn in our direction. I think there are some other things that we do um, in the community that that help. Uh, so, for example, one of the things that we talked about in the last legislature, they were talking about putting uh, deposit on liquor and wine bottles. And one of the reasons why that didn't go down was because there was really no place to, to kind of take that stuff back. We'd certainly take back wine bottles if we were allowed to sell them. So, 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 so how do we become part of a solution around a larger glass problem and things of that nature? So, um, you know, that's something that we will continue to, um, explore and continue to talk about when we get the opportunity to, I don't see it happening, uh, in, in the very near future, but I do see it happening in the future. And certainly Connecticut package stores likely opposed to this because it could cut in to their business. Do you think there's room for some sort of compromise? I do. I, uh, I saw, I think I saw, I think it was a, a, a written uh, advertisement just, just recently where there was a, uh, a store that was um, uh, advertising cheese and wine, right? Um, so, so they're, they're in the cheese business. And if you go to some of them, they're selling cigars and they're selling other items, other than, than liquor store items. I think there was some liquor reform this year around uh, breweries and, and giving them the opportunity. So, I, I, again, I, I think as time passes, uh, it, it'll break. Uh, it's just a matter of, 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 of providing some solutions, whether it's the economic solutions, whether it's the help on, on some of the redemption, um, um, whether it's a convenience issue for consumers. There's a bunch of reasons why. And we just need to just continue to get that message out there and work with people to, to let them know that we're not trying to hurt any, anybody or anybody's business. We're just trying to uh, expand the pie. And, and, and that's what the data tells us will happen, that the pie actually 
um, increases. It doesn't decrease if you allow uh, a sale of wine in grocery stores. And finally, one more reminder. If you are going grocery shopping this weekend, what should you bring? Bring your own bag. Or pay 10 cents for a plastic bag, right? I say bring your own bag. <laughs> he is Wayne Pesh, president of the Connecticut Food Association. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Aaron, thanks for having me on the program. Really much appreciated. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.